Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games that you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennecke. Today's show, we're going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch. And my guest is, as most of the time it seems to be, Mr. Matt Jaguer. Hi, Matt. Hey. <laughs> welcome back to the show. Uh, always great to be here. And, and welcome everyone back to the show. It has been quite a while since I've put one of these together. And that's not because I haven't been playing games. Um, but it's it's been a, a lot of different things. Um, I've been playing a lot more console games. Uh, Destiny, uh, the new Destiny expansion came out, so I've been playing way too much of that. I really should stop. Uh, I, I actually just started Destiny, and I'm like, mm, it's other things I want to be playing. Right. It's it's good, but it's a time sink, and mm. they're <laughs> getting getting to this point. There's so much stuff that I feel like I need to play for, for the upcoming Game of the Year uh, episodes of, of Gamers on the Go that I'm, I'm kind of trying to put it to the side and play a bunch of stuff, but it's that also makes it difficult to put out uh, Gamers on the Go episodes because I, I need to kind of like get locked down and, and play these yeah. games, and uh, maybe other people aren't playing these games at the moment, so I can't find people for the podcast. So this is kind of an excuse uh, to have a podcast, <laughs> uh, but I think this is a, a fun and interesting one um, because we we just had maybe about what like a week or two ago uh, the Nintendo Switch reveal, and it seems to be the topic of conversation for pretty much everybody. And uh, being a handheld games podcast, uh, I feel like this is this is something that's um, that's interesting for us to talk about and and how it's going to affect. Uh, handheld games going forward, but Chase, this is a home console. You're you're not wrong. <laughs> this is, <laughs> That's uh, what they're marketing it as, though. I, I, so I'm saying, yeah, you're you're right. Um, and that actually is something that I want to get into a little further into the show. But uh, yeah, so this is kind of what we expected it to be. Uh, what the rumors were that this was the that the Nintendo NX, as it was known before. Uh, would be a hybrid console that could do home and portable stuff. Uh, the rumors were true. The rumors were pretty much spot on. And and that's what this thing is. So yes, Nintendo is calling this uh, their next home console. Uh, and and I think that has interesting ramifications for what uh, what happens to the 3DS next. But, uh, but yeah, let's get into the basic stuff. If for some reason you were living under a rock and you are not aware of what the Nintendo Switch is, uh, let's just kind of give people a little bit of a recap here. We both just watched the, the reveal trailer again right before the podcast, so we're all fresh. Uh, I've written down a bunch of notes. I know you've uh, been, been looking at some different sites and listening to podcasts, so... Uh, yeah, this is a hybrid home and portable console. Uh, it's a the the actual console itself is this touchscreen, which I don't know the exact size. It looks to be just by guessing, maybe like one and a half times the size of a, a Vita screen, maybe. Yeah, like maybe like a tad bigger than the Wii U gamepad when you kind of take the extra access off the you know, access off the Wii U gamepad itself. Right. Yeah, it looks like maybe it's a little shorter than the Wii U gamepad, but also a little wider. Yep, and probably I I would venture to guess probably a better screen overall, like fidelity wise. Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. And, and uh, then also rumors like what 720p. That is the rumor I saw, uh, 720p, and that uh, and 
<laughs> well, we'll get into the touchscreen possibilities. Yeah, question mark, yeah. But I mean, like, for, for a screen that size, I think 720p is, I think, perfectly acceptable. Yeah, like, totally. A- absolutely. I, I, I'm kind of still baffled that people are like, why isn't it a 1080p screen? I'm like, do, do, like at, at some point, it's like, it's such a small screen. Do you really, really, really need 1080p on that? Yeah, you, you uh, are going to notice it. I, I think, I feel like people might be wondering when it attaches to a television or when it's docked in its its little station there and, and goes to a TV, is that going to continue to be 720p or would it upscale to 1080 or whatever? And and those are just questions we don't know yet. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to wait until Nintendo's next uh, announcement, which doesn't seem to be until next January, uh, to get more information. So we're just, let's, let's continue focusing on the, the stuff that we do know, and then we can get into more yeah. of the, the speculation and stuff there. Uh, so the, the console, it's a, it's a screen uh, that looks kind of like a Wii U gamepad. Uh, it has, on either side of the screen, it has these two detachable they're called Joy-Con controllers, um, yep. and, and they can pop off of the of the sides of the screen. Uh, you can dock this screen into uh, this kind of wedge-looking piece uh, that would sit next to a television and has a couple of USB slots that uh, I would imagine would be for charging controllers or, or maybe maybe putting in a hard drive. I don't really know what a hard drive would do. Uh, if you'd have to take that, if you, the console would also be portable, like what's the point of that? Uh, it, it has to have like micro SD cards or something like I that. I would think so. Yeah, the, yeah. the 3DS has has micro SD or uh, yeah, micro SD. Uh, I, I would I would venture a guess since uh, this thing, uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, is using like cartridge uh, based, uh, you know, for media for games and everything. There's no moving parts to this machine at all. Which I think is a is a plus, yes, especially definitely. for a home game console. Yeah, like the uh, in, thinking back to discs on portable systems makes you think of the PSP, <laughs> and, <laughs> and nothing about that was really very convenient. Uh, but something like the Vita, something like the 3DS that uses kind of these cards, and even in that reveal trailer, we saw a card uh, that's similar to what a 3DS card is, but it uh, apparently is not a 3DS card. No. Uh, Nintendo has confirmed that neither Wii U physical media nor uh, nor uh, 3DS physical media media will be backwards compatible with the the uh, the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, um, which is kind of expected uh, if they're switching it up entirely from discs to a cart based form. Right, and and the way just the logistics of it wouldn't make any sense. The uh, the just having the single screen because you have to actually dock the portable screen, which is the console itself into that dock for it to show up on the TV. You're, you're not going to have any sort of dual screen experience. So that, that cuts out Wii U gamepad support stuff for any of those games. It cuts out the second screen to the 3ds. Uh, so I can, I can un- totally understand why those games won't work. And maybe Nintendo yeah, well- will find updated games to, uh, of those kinds of things to, uh, to work on the the Nintendo Switch. In fact, we saw a Mario Kart game being played. That, on that always comes with every well, Nintendo sure. console. Well, I mean, sure. let's be honest. But the question is whether that is uh, an upgraded Mario Kart Eight or if that is Mario Kart Nine. That's I would I would imagine it's going to be the same engine as Mario Kart Eight, but it's going to be just you know the next Mario Kart. I I could totally see that. 
I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But uh, thinking that maybe Nintendo just wants to get out some quick things for the console's launch, I could see them having Mario Kart 8 Plus, and then maybe six months, 12 months down the line, that's when we get Mario Kart 9 or something like that. Mm. I, I could see maybe. that happening. I, I, I think there's been such, like, it's been a while since Mario Kart 8 has been out, like, two years at this point now? Yep. Or will be two years when uh, uh, the uh, Switch is released. So I, I think it's time for a new Mario Kart. They would, you know, there was the same amount of time between that and the DS, uh, 3DS version, so. Right. It, I, I think the next Mario Kart is probably just going to be the next Mario Kart, and they're not going to do, like, a re-release of 8. I'd be, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I, I guess I can see that. We've we've never had a, a second Mario Kart game on a single console for Nintendo in the past, um, so that that makes a, a certain amount of sense that they would continue doing that for this console. Yeah, and then it probably you know it might be like oh we'll just reuse tracks like we did in Mario Kart Eight, which was I think perfectly fine. They did enough new tracks with enough reused tracks that it was you know it played well enough, especially sure. in that that sort of engine. So more mm-hmm. of that. I'd be happy. They've been doing that with Mario Kart games since DS. DS, I yeah. think, was the first one that brought in some of those old tracks, and then they've they've stuck with that for, for all the ones going forward. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's go back we to... We do the, know. Uh, let's go uh, we do know, the, though, Zelda's going to be on it. Like, right. That that's was, that was the, the one confirmed initial, game. Uh, that's the first thing they've, they've talked about <laughs> before this reveal trailer. That is one of the two pieces of information that we knew about the the NX at that time, which was, it's going to be able to play Breath of the Wild, and it'll come out next March. That's it. That's all you yep. know. Um, so now, we don't know a whole lot more, <laughs> but that's those things have been confirmed. Uh, yeah. re- but to be fair, that's kind of killer app in itself. Like, I can play the new Zelda game anywhere, Yeah, and then I can play it at home, and I don't have to transfer a save anywhere or use different devices. It's all one device. That's that's pretty enticing. Yeah, I, that's that's really the big pitch of the system is that hey, you have it all with you at all times, and that's that's super exciting for somebody like me. Um, mm-hmm. let, let's go back to the the controllers here because I think we just kind of yeah. touched on them, and there's a lot more to say with them. Yeah, there's, they are very complicated. If, if right, you, if you can believe that, <laughs> it is. So it is kind of one of the weirder things about the system is that it has these detachable controllers that go on either side of that screen system piece Um, and you can take both of these controller these joy cons off and then they can slip into this grip piece of plastic looking dock thing for themselves and that will be a basic controller that people can use Um, they can also be used uh, as solo pieces for, for multiplayer gaming, each person can take a Joy-Con, and uh, it seems like it works a lot like a, a Wii controller, uh, where you just turn it on its side, and then you have a D-pad and, and buttons, except on this one you would have a joystick and four buttons. Um, so that's that seemed all right. They seem a little small yeah. uh, when you're using them for that sort of a case, but I also don't imagine you're using them uh, in that case all that often. I, no, I think it, like, and more to the point, it seems like just because you can have two controllers uh, for, like, two-player games, I would, you know, I'd venture to guess this is, like, it would be like you'd only play two-player games uh, per one console in that sort of instance of, like, taking the screen and sharing 
two halves of the controller. Right. Like, uh, we did see in the reveal trailer that uh, when they were playing that NBA 2K style game, uh, that you had two switches with each switch having two people using the Joy-Con controllers. So you you could play it like that, but I I, I have to imagine. Well, I guess not. I, it could. I don't know how many Joy Cons can work on a single console. Maybe you can. Uh, maybe you could do up to four. Maybe you could do up to eight. I don't know. I'd <laughs> say four is you're getting a little too cramped. I would think so, uh, but we we haven't seen anything like that. I and yeah. I would have to imagine for a game like Super Smash Brothers, which would have to eventually come to a console like this. Uh, even if it was just an updated version of the last one, uh, that they would want to get four four controllers per one of those things, if possible. That's true. That's true. Uh, I, I'm just like thinking, like, like imagine like trying to play a first person shooter with those controllers. Oh, It'd yeah. be just Any, like anything that would totally have split you couldn't screen. do it. It's like that screen is already small enough. where splitting that yeah. screen by two is even is even stretching it, and four just seems yeah. insane. But, uh, but and again, like, you know, trying to like get, like, free look with a single analog stick, it'd be like going back to GoldenEye. It'd be like, it's it's kind of not just not worth it. Right. But something like, you said, like, Smash Brothers or even some, like, Nidhogg or Towerfall or, like, independent, like, quick games mm-hmm. that only involve, like, minimal buttons. Like, it, for, for something that's just four buttons, maybe presumably two shoulder buttons, too, and an analog stick, that's plenty to play a lot of right. simple multiplayer games like a street fighter or uh like nba jam or just like any of these like throwback games that could easily just be a quick pick up and play uh i flip it uh, like this on a stand and can play like just something quick in the car or even on a plane with a friend next to me is that's ki- kind of exciting as well too yeah simplified control schemes and and single screen experiences where like like a smash brothers or like an nba jam thing i i doubt we'd see a new nba jam or even an old nba jam with an upgraded i mean i don't know maybe i i think that would work i think that would work it's just like those controllers though like you've said are really small who knows if it's going to be very comfortable playing yeah uh, extended period of time right it does seem like a hey this is a party thing where you can kind of hand it to somebody and and you can play for for 20 minutes or something and it'll be a fun time Uh, i would also imagine that uh, they did show off a pro controller, a pro style controller that um, looks a lot like an Xbox 360 controller. It has the offset sticks. Uh, it's got a, a real D pad. Uh, yep. It it looks nice. Like that seems like the kind of thing that I would want to have. I, I I believe they said they are selling that separately. Um, but if that thing can also pair to the system, then how many of those could pair to the system? Could you? Oh, play? probably. You know, probably enough to play like. It, well, Smash Brothers now you can get eight people, so right, and that makes maybe eight about, people. <laughs> Who knows? Well, that makes me think a lot about Smash Brothers and just the way that uh, they were so accommodating, uh, specifically for Smash Brothers on the control scheme front. Of you mm-hmm. can use you can use a Wii uh, Wii remote, you can use a Wii remote and nunchuck, you can use a 3DS that pairs to the Wii U, you can use a GameCube controller because they made an adapter for it, you can use the yep. Wii U Pro controller, you can use the gamepad. There were so many ways to control that thing. I could see that all, a, a lot of that technology being reused, uh, not not necessarily those exact pieces, but uh, but the ability to share in a lot of different control schemes. I could see them 
using that for future games of, yeah, you can use, your friends can both use Joy-Cons, you can use a a pro controller, and maybe somebody has uh, two Joy-Cons inside that plastic grip, and all of you would be able to play together, and it should still be fine. Like, maybe it's not as fair when somebody has the little Joy-Con when you have the whole Pro Controller, but that's... the, the Someone, the someone gets stuck with play. just the Wii Remote for playing Smash Brothers sometimes, hey. Right, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's happened to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, what, what, what did you think of the uh, way you can use, like, the Joy-Cons as, like, two separates? Like, it's not connected to any, like, docked uh, controller or the uh, tablet itself. Like, right, can... that, was, that was actually maybe the most interesting thing for me is there was a, a clip where this guy is playing uh, Skyrim on a plane, and he just has them in each hand individually. And that doesn't seem like the most comfortable thing, but I could also that... see, like, maybe if I was playing this in bed or something, I, I could totally see just having one in each hand and then just kind of being able to lay down or something and not have to crowd my hands around my stomach or something to, to hold onto a controller. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I kind of liked how the Wii was, like, when you have a... Most like kind of games were set up like Nunchuck and the Wii Remote itself. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that freeing aspect. Like I wasn't like set like where my hands were had to be formed to a controller. There was like this empty space, and that never ever bothered me. And I kind of found that more comfortable yeah, uh, compared I mean, to a regular controller but, at times. But even with that, you still had the cord attaching the Nunchuck to the Wiimote. So this is even more freeing. Um, I exactly. Think, I so think my issue was more of like a, a balancey thing of the, it didn't feel weighty enough in my hands to have one half of a thing in each hand. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of needed them together, but uh, I'm I'm definitely up to try these Joy Cons in each hand and see how that feels. Uh, and if it feels good, then I could totally see myself playing that way. But uh, well, at least they give us options, so that's that's at least a plus, right? And I think that is the whole point of the Nintendo Switch is options of. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to play it on a TV, whether you want to play it portably, whether you want to play it with any different control scheme that you have available, or multiplayer, that kind of stuff. that All that stuff is very exciting. Uh, so we talked about the, the cartridges, the little cards uh, that it plays with. Um, we've talked about multiple people being able to play on a single Switch, and multiple Switches being able to connect to each other wirelessly, and people playing on that. So, so we talked about with the, the NBA 2K game, they showed two people each on on two separate uh, switches, and then the last scene they show is kind of this esports Splatoon gang of of people. These two different Splatoon teams, and they each had their own switch with their own pro controller, and it seemed like they were able to to play cooperatively as a team like that. Uh, so that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, I gotta get that hobby grade. I mean, jeez. <laughs> I mean that's that's going to be big in Japan for sure, where the where you're going to have a lot of people with these and a lot of people in close proximity, um, and I, I imagine it's going to be kind of like one of those street pass things where in America uh, maybe you don't get that option available to you very often. Like how many no. people are actually going to carry around their switches with them uh, and and have that ability to play? Uh, Pax is going to be super fun with a device like this, I imagine, where you can have people waiting in lines with all their switches around them and, and being able to play games like that. 
Uh, yeah, imagine like Monster Hunter, like did same on the 3DS, but instead of having to like they did with Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate on the 3DS and Wii U, having to like upload your save and then re-download it and everything, it's all in one system, and I just plug it into the home con- base at home and. I can play it on the big screen. That, that's going to make it so much easier for them. I, I would have to imagine uh, like they thought of Monster Hunter as they were making this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So and, can... and Pokemon. Like, let's be honest. Pokemon for the home console version of Pokemon is pretty much exactly what it is on the 3DS right now. It's a big open world that you can also do multiplayer, either online or local. So this kind of like you can do online in the home or local out and about. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's table Pokemon for a second. Cause that is, that is <laughs> we'll probably have more to say I, later. Yeah. There's much more to say on Pokemon. Uh, the last couple things that are, that are things we absolutely do know about the system. Uh, Nintendo has confirmed that it has Amiibo support. We did see some Amiibos in the, uh, in the, tr- uh, the reveal trailer. They weren't being used, but Nintendo has said that uh, it will have that, that there is yeah. uh, the NFC no. on the... Again, no surprise. Yeah, that's, yeah, not shocking at all. Uh, hopefully they'll actually use them uh, with games, or, or uh, I don't know. Right, we have, I, I'm we sure your Smash Brothers data them. will carry over if you, you're so desperate on keeping your, you know, maxed out level uh, Smash Brother Amiibos. Yeah, for uh, sure. If if you did that, I don't know who did. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought I was going to do it, and then went, no, I, I just kind of want to play the game. Yeah. Um, but I did use an Amiibo yesterday, because I'm playing through uh, Fire Emblem Fates Revelation, and uh, that's how you get Marth and Lucina and uh, and uh, Robin and Ike. <laughs> so I uh, had, to, had to bust those guys out and Oh, you got all those too? Nice. I do have all of those. I also got Roy, who's unable to be used with that game. Uh, But I got him, and that's the important thing. And I'll Mm -hmm. get Corrin when they they make a Corrin, uh, which they've they've shown. I don't remember when that comes out. I think it might be December. Uh, And then the last thing that we know about the the, uh, Nintendo Switch is that we won't know anything more until next January, January 12th, Mm. uh, when Nintendo says they are going to release... Uh, some more information on it. Uh, we will hear about price. We'll hear about exact release date because right now all we know is March 2017. Uh, we're going to hear about some specs. We're going to hear about. We do know it's Nvidia at least. Yeah, in, Nvidia has come out and talked about their Tegra processory, whatever's. Uh, it, it sounds. It sounds like it can do the job. That's all. Yeah, it, like I'm not pretty much the guy. same tech as like the Nvidia Shield. Yeah, and and that thing seems fine from what I've heard people talk about it. I haven't seen it show up a whole lot, but um, the people I've read about using it seem like they don't have that many issues with it. So, cool. Um, but yeah, we'll also hear about some games lineup stuff, because uh, everything in this is, other than Zelda, is still kind of a question mark. I'd have to imagine that every game that's on there isn't isn't just for show. Like, those are all going to be games well, that go up on there. how hilarious was it when Bethesda came out and says, we didn't, we've never announced Skyrim for the Nintendo Switch, so even weird. though it plays front and center, like, halfway through the video, like, on, like playing on there, like, some version, like, probably the remastered version. It's, I love it. I love it how the, the, kind of miscommunication can go on sometimes like that yeah it's so it's so odd to me how how you can put together something like that and not allow 
the developer, I don't know if the developers aren't allowed to announce that or if they just don't want to or if it's not actually happening. I, again, I can't imagine that Nintendo puts up Skyrim and puts up NBA 2K and and doesn't expect those games to actually be on those. On yeah, I, I mean, and it, and it probably also tells like what we're going to expect, like software wise with this thing as far as like raw horsepower it probably will be like just a little hair uh slower than like an xbox one or ps4 but could probably just play those games just as fine so yeah i'm totally fine with that and and the the downgraded resolution maybe maybe those games will still be able to run decently well on a system like that um and and for the added benefit of that portability i'm i'm totally cool with a trade-off like that um can you imagine playing like because from software was listed as one of the uh, third party partners that are going to be making uh, switch games uh, like uh, Dark Souls or Bloodborne on the go like that? Well, I can't imagine playing a Dark Souls again. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine that. Bloodborne. I could imagine somebody playing a Dark Souls game on that. And that would be, I don't know, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Let's let's talk a little bit about that Mario game that we saw because that was oh. also something that was completely unannounced. And uh, again, I have to imagine you don't just make a tech demo like that. Like that has to be uh, a real thing. Uh, remember 128 Mario's? I do, I do remember Mario 128 for the GameCube. But um, I, I, I'm like I'm always skeptical when I do see like the only one we know confirmed is. Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's going to be a day one. Yeah. Uh, mostly because they're working on it with the Wii U. But uh, yeah, like the fact that they're able to bring this out from a Wii U game right to the NX makes me think like if people were working on Wii U games in the past and they're like Nintendo's like hold the phone, we're doing something else in like a year. Maybe you want to you know migrate, but we made it easy to you know it's easier to port over a game from the Wii U to the Switch. I would imagine they made some sort of mario game that they're gonna do that's gonna be kind of like more like the mario galaxy and super mario 64 like free camera uh platforming game so like i don't think that though is gonna be the final product like what we saw in the video hmm. i you know i kind of do i i you do huh? I, for some reason i do believe believe that uh they they showed off a, the Mario triple jump. They they showed a little bit of art. Um, now in that video, they the one thing I I am not a hundred percent sure about is the idea of multiplayer. Because in that video, there's the woman playing Mario in her apartment, and then she goes to that rooftop party, and then you see two people using the the Joy-Con controllers to play a game that isn't shown. But she was just playing Mario, so. One could assume that maybe they're also playing Mario, but that seems like more of a marketing thing of just, hey, we we don't know which which of these clips to put the Mario footage in. Uh, oh, well, I guess we'll just put it in this one, and I, I'm not banking on multiplayer for it. I'd be kind of shocked if it didn't have multiplayer, considering uh, Mario 3D World uh, did did pretty well for them. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm I'm just wondering, like a game, it would have to be like on separate switches to do a 3d mario with a free camera that's multiplayer because or do you split screen it and it takes a hit like you know graphically and 
frame rate wise when you have like two people running around and using their own kind of free camera it's i don't know it, it maybe uh, yeah i don't know either and and a lot of these maybes are just because like it's nintendo i we don't, don't know, know. they, they could just do don't know. they've done lots of weird stuff in the past so i could totally see miyamoto finding a way to make that work and make that fun um but i, I do believe that is a new mario game and we'll hear more about it uh probably in january and uh and find out some more stuff about it then i am excited to hear about the indie scene if this is going to be kind of like kind of like the vita like getting a lot of those steam releases and like on like playing those on the go like love browser and mm-hmm. uh you know games those look like i said neat hog or towerfall or something like that like imagine playing those kind of games on the go and then also being able to play multiplayer with just a very simple controller uh, or even if this is like a, a touchscreen, which we don't know, we don't know if it's like a single touchscreen or a multi-touch device, or if it's anything, if they would do uh, like an app store-like environment for simple uh, mobile games uh, that you can just download to it. Yeah, I mean, we just don't know. Let's uh, let's transition in. I have I have four. I know there are tons and tons of questions about the the Nintendo Switch and what it can do and what it can play. And any of that kind of stuff. I have four real questions for this that uh, <laughs> I was going to say uh, would would like uh, affect my ability to buy this thing or affect my wanting to buy this thing. But that's untrue. I, I know I'm going to buy this thing day one, kind of no matter what it is. Because um, just, I'm just that way. Uh, but here are four big questions that I really have for this thing. It's what's that battery life like for, for the portable s- system itself? Because uh, yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo has prided themselves on long battery life for their handheld systems. Uh, up until the 3DS and Wii U, though. Up until the 3DS, yep, for sure. Um, but even the 3DS got much better uh, as it went on. Yeah. Like my, my new 3DS, uh, I don't seem to have a problem uh, with its battery life. Uh, at this point, but uh, neither do I. But that old 3DS that was kind yeah, of a the, ori- the original 3DS wasn't wasn't amazing. Uh, yep. And this this system, the Switch, is is putting out games at at such better uh, technical prowesses than than the 3DS was able to do. So I could see it being able to chew through uh, battery pretty quickly. So that's that's yeah. a big question. I I, I want to know how long I'm going to be able to do that. If this is truly a home console like Nintendo was pushing and the portable aspect is kind of being downplayed as just, oh, well, you can do this for a little while, but it's really a home console. Um, so that's question number one. The question number two, something you already mentioned, is, is that thing a touchscreen, damn it? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Uh, nobody in that whole reveal trailer touched that screen. And Nintendo's president has, has come out and said, hey, this was a small taste of what this system has to offer. We have lots more to talk about. There's lots more to show. So I can totally see it being a touchscreen. The rumor out there is that it is a touchscreen, uh, that it's a uh, multi-touch capacitive touchscreen rather than the the Wii U's uh, kind of basic cruddy touchscreen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they're going to do Super Mario Maker, they got to put it. It's got to be a touchscreen. I would think so, but yeah, so I have I have arguments on either side. The, the argument for having a touchscreen is well, duh, it has to be a touchscreen because that's just the world we live in right now. Uh, also, the way you mentioned, yeah, like 
that has if you had it be a touchscreen, it's basically just a tablet at that point. You can have all sorts of iOS developers or Android developers port their games over to the Switch, and that's something that you could totally play, and that, that makes all the sense in the world to me to, to have another place to play those games. Um, with like a with an actual controller with buttons. That's the, the thing that I really, really do hope it has like that kind of functionality. Yeah, I mean that that that's an option for sure, uh, and then it's then it's basically a Vita. But I think you would also be able to have people just port over their iOS games it, without having to use the the Joy Cons. You can just use it as a tablet and yep. be able to play really bad chess or be able to play mm-hmm. um, like I don't know um, Sword and Sorcery, something like that. Like they would. It would totally make sense to just be able to toss those things right on over and have a whole new market to to get those games to. Um, exactly. And then uh, the the announcement with Apple comes to mind with Nintendo of Nintendo's now working with Apple and they're putting out Super Mario Run for for iOS devices. And is that are they doing that because they knew they had this touchscreen? stuff coming in for the the Nintendo Switch and knowing that they could uh, reuse that for their own purposes. And then my argument against having a touchscreen is the exact same one. Like, hey, you're in bed with Apple now. Is having uh, having this partnership with Apple going to stop you from having a touchscreen on there so you don't, uh, so you can keep those ecosystems separate? So you you wouldn't have, like, maybe, maybe Apple's like, hey, Totally, yeah. Let's do this thing, but like, you can't have a touchscreen on your system because then, then you're just cannibalizing our stuff. Uh, I, I, I don't think like anything would stop uh, Nintendo from putting a game out on iOS on the App Store because I mean they are going to release it on Android at some point. It's just like a timed exclusive, so mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of see that in the same way. But yeah, like man, if they had, well, it's going to come out on an iOS device first. Right. Instead of our own device, that's that sense a very weird precedent uh, for Nintendo. Uh, but yeah, I, I just don't know. Yeah, like maybe, or I could see them only. I could see Nintendo only being comfortable putting out games on iOS now because they know they're not going to be able to put out those kinds of games on their own system. Like I, I could see the argument for or against there. Yeah, uh, and. And, <laughs> and the other big it's argument, like we get the more answers we get, the more questions we have. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Like the other big uh, reason that I could see it not being a touchscreen is the touchscreen only works on the portable system. Once you connect, once you dock that thing to your screen, to your big screen, you can't use the the touchscreen anymore. You wouldn't be able to use the portable device at all. You can only use the pro controller or the joy cons or the joy cons in the grip, you wouldn't have access to that. Would Nintendo, that doesn't sound like a very Nintendo like solution to uh, keep some of the features of the system for only one part of the, or only one use case of the system. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? Maybe the base console will be able to grab a wireless signal from the tablet itself and throw it up on the screen and you can, pretty much like mirroring your uh, iPhone or Android device to uh, like a uh, Apple TV or a 
Fire TV yeah. stick or whatever. I, I don't want to uh, rule that out, but if if that's the case, why have the dock? Like why I, it, why have the dock? The, there like maybe to like upscale it and have like you know just I don't know. That's that's the thing. We yeah. like it could be yes, could be no to either of those things. Exactly. It's just such a such a weird thing right now, and, and Nintendo's Nintendo is content to only give us. Uh, yeah. A small piece of the picture, and I mean, that's what we're. The way I see it is like we—they've shown Super Mario Maker to be a huge success for them on the Wii U, but the Wii U's install base just isn't that big, and it right. didn't move as many consoles as thought it would. But I don't see like them abandoning that idea of like another making your own Nintendo game going away, but doing that without a touchscreen, like I, I, I. Like maybe do it on the PC and then upload it to your account on like your whatever account for your Switch games and who knows? Yeah, like open that, up the software on computers maybe at that point. Like that seems kind of like a little bit of a mess. And we we know that they're not abandoning Super Mario Maker; they're putting it out on the 3DS, albeit a kind of stripped down, not as attractive yeah. version. Uh, but what if the Switch has 3DS connection support? So then you'd be able to upload, uh, you'd be able to make things on your 3DS and upload them to your switch or, or just be able to bring them over like that. Or maybe you can use the 3ds as a, as a controller that you can use the touchscreen on to connect to the television. So you'd be able to do it and have basically a Wii U setup at that point for super Mario yeah. maker. Like those things are possible. Um, but, or, or just maybe you just make super Mario maker stuff with a controller and, kind of have to get over that you don't have a touchscreen available to you. Available that just to that you. just seems redu- reductive. It does. To like what Super Mario Maker is. I don't see them making that kind of decision. Yeah, or or maybe they just say, hey, if you want to use the touchscreen to make a Super Mario Maker level, you have to undock the thing. Like that's, or we have you that can hook up a wireless mouse to it. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you know what? Actually, Go on and on. Yeah, bring back the Nintendo Mario Paint Mouse. Yep. Yep, that, plug it, it right in. Get your old Mario Paint mouse with the old SNES connector and oh, just I got plug it. it right into a converter and there you go. You're I've got go. the shitty plastic mouse pad that says Nintendo on it too. Like, I let's, <laughs> let's make this happen. I love this idea. This is great. Uh, yeah. We we solved it. I, Call us Nintendo. That's, yeah. <laughs> Gamers on the go exclusive right here. We scooped them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what, what was the next point? Uh, so that, that was my second big question, was is that thing a touchscreen? And, and how will that work with the system if it is? Uh, my third big question, and this is maybe the biggest question I have of all of them, is will your virtual console games be able to transfer to the Nintendo Switch? We've, we've purchased and repurchased virtual console games for the last two Nintendo uh, home console cycles, and that's been crappy. And it sucks that they've been able to kind of milk more money out of us for that. This is the time, especially now that they have combined their 3DS eShop and their Wii U eShop into a single ecosystem. This is the time to just say, yep, you can re-download all of those single-screen games that come from the Nintendo 64 and down. All of those things will be able to just show right up here. There is no reason those don't play. I I understand why Wii U stuff can't be backwards compatible. I understand why 3DS stuff is not backwards compatible, but those games totally just need to transfer right on over. They'll probably do GameCube too at some point. Like, you know, download your old favorite, you know, original Luigi's Mansion is now playable on the Switch. I but, would hope so. Yeah, but I, I mean, one, it can't be like every 
uh, virtual console game. I know, like, my copy of Rondo of Blood for the uh, Turbo Graphics is not going to probably transfer over to the Switch because they pro- the license has probably expired for that for Nintendo on that. Maybe uh, one maybe game. they'd need to make new deals or something like that, but and that would that can just that's just a quagmire of just red tape that you know i'm just gonna say it's not gonna happen for yeah, that yeah i mean that would be man that would be really crappy but i think the well that's why i'm thing, gonna keep my wii u for a while so <laughs> the the crappier thing though would be to not have anything transfer at all like even yeah. if it was just a subset of your games to be able to transfer over that's that's something i need i need Super Mario Kart to be able to transfer over. I need Super Mario World to be able to transfer over. I need Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow to be able to transfer over. Like that's that's yeah, just the world we need to live in right now. In the in the same way, like I'd love, to, and they will probably do some sort of virtual console on that machine, even though they're coming out with the Mini NES later this year uh, and the Mini Famicom in Japan. Uh, it was the same exact thing. Plug it into your modern TV and get an upscale. Uh, original NES game on it, uh, yeah. like you know, pre-installed ones. That seems like that's uh, for a different style of person, though. That's for yeah, somebody who's that's not true. playing new Nintendo games anymore. That, that's oh, yeah, why yeah. that thing doesn't have expandable storage. That's why that thing won't allow you to to download more games to it. Like that's this is a, a very much a sixty in one kind of thing. Like oh, you just play all the old favorites, and oh, yeah. and that's for that kind of a person, but. I, I totally agree with that. It's just like I'm tapering my expectations. I'm not going to expect that I will da- be able to download all my games, especially without paying a fee. How much? You know, it depends. I can like I like I said, the Wii U will probably be a legacy console for me going forward because yeah. I can play all my Wii games on there. I have a bunch of virtual console games from my Wii and that I have transferred over to the Wii U. So it's you know. If that stays there, I'm fine with that. Definitely. I mean, like, the, the same way that I kept my Wii because it was able to play GameCube games is mm-hmm. is the reason I'm going to keep on keep hanging on to my Wii U. There are still games on there that I want to play that I haven't yet. Uh, Super Mario Color Splash, even though I've heard that's kind of disappointing. I still need to play it for myself. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly, Woolly World I still haven't played. Uh, so those, those are things that I know that I want to play eventually. My Wii U is not going anywhere. I'm not going to sell no. it to to get a Switch or anything. Um, but that's and for for a game that only played like Nintendo first party games, it was a good console. Yeah, I I, I don't have a problem with my Wii U. Like I I am disappointed that it wasn't bigger, that it didn't uh, that there weren't as many games on it. But the games that did come were games that I enjoyed. I like the the new Smash Brothers on there. I like. Uh, the new Mario Kart. Uh, there, there are solid games. I love uh, Tokyo Mirage Session. Sharp Fe. Oh man, yeah, such uh, a good game. It's man, it's that that game actually makes me sad about the Wii U. Of in a way that I'm sure Mario Maker is for a lot of other people. Well, it's like man, well, think of think of like think of like a Tokyo Mirage Sessions two or a Persona game on this. I know. And playing that on the go or on like you don't have to worry about like. Uh, getting another like Vita TV or anything like that separately. You can just plug it in and right. play it on your relaxing couch. Atlas was one of the companies that was on their uh, their third party board. Uh, I they I do highly... a lot of stuff on the 3DS uh, already, and a few games on the Wii U. So right, I, I mean, I highly doubt that we're going to see Persona Five on the Switch anytime soon. Uh... Like maybe eventually, but 
not when it comes out. I think we would have heard something. Well, maybe we wouldn't. I, I don't want to speculate. Maybe like, you know, like, you know, wait a year or two, and it'll be like, you know, red edition of uh, Persona 5. Right, yeah, Persona 5 Golden. Crim- Persona Crimson. 5. Persona 5 Crimson. I'm calling it now. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I, that just, keep, just write that down. Persona 5 Crimson. Man, now you make Magic me not want to get Persona 5 as soon as it comes out, because maybe there'd be a way I can play it on a portable console later. I, I mean, I already have my pre-order, and I know I'm going to play it. But <laughs> um, All right, so that was my third big question. And the last question is maybe the most inconsequential to me specifically, but it's a big question and one I think that we should discuss. And it's, how much is this thing going to cost? Yeah. There is a lot of tech in this. Even just the little bit of stuff that they showed, The it just seems like an expensive-looking thing. And I know the NVIDIA Shield isn't very cheap and if it's using uh the same kind of guts as that or some similar guts uh in in different pieces of it chipsets and whatever like that that stuff's gonna cost money the detachable controllers cost money it just seems like an expensive thing which is surprising for a nintendo console which are usually under the, the big boys, the Microsofts and the, the Sonys of the world. Yeah. So, I mean, like a shield goes for like between 200 and 300 bucks. So yeah. maybe like 350, maybe 400 for something that you, if you can market it right, like you can play this on your TV and you can play this on the go on the same device. Yeah. Uh, get rid of that confusion that so many people like from Jimmy Fallon to, uh, Leo Laporte of Twit that could not keep like discern the Wii U from the Wii like they're two separate things. Right. Uh, it, it gets rid of that like this is all one thing, uh, and it gets rid of that also that hang up like this has to be connected to the base station to play it uh, anywhere. This is no it uh, everything is inside this tablet uh, that you need to play a game. So I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd say, the, and then Nintendo's gone on the record saying they're making a profit for selling this. So I, I, I'd say like three fifty's the safe, quote unquote bet. But. Yeah, I, I could see it being high, uh, and, and yeah. I know that for for me, I'm going to pay whatever it costs because this is this is what I care about. This is maybe the biggest thing. <laughs> the biggest video games are very important to me as a person who has a video game podcast. Like obviously, I care about these things quite a bit. Uh, so I know I'm going to buy it. Like I'm in a financially safe enough situation where I could I could spend five hundred dollars if I have to. I don't think it's going to be five hundred dollars. No, I don't think so. Either. I I think I, I'm making the safe bet of four hundred because if it's mm. under that, I just feel okay that oh man, what a deal. Um, but yeah, I'm setting yeah. myself I mean, up to play for- a game anywhere of like a caliber of like Skyrim. Help! Imagine if they like uh, Praxis put like Civilization on this thing and it has like a touch screen and you can play with joysticks and then a touch screen and things like that. You can play civilization without having to lug a laptop around. Right. And, and I'm going to make the justification that, Hey, what's a Wii U cost and what's a 3ds cost and put those two together. And you know, if that's what a Nintendo switch costs, that's fine. Cause I'm getting both of those consoles. I'm getting both of those console experiences out of this one device. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay spending more. Um, but that's going to be a big deal to to other people who might not be as 
financially secure as I am, where you know maybe maybe a, a price of four hundred dollars is going to be too expensive for those people. And Nintendo needs to keep that in mind for for the people that need to uh, the people that they want to get to buy this thing. Um, so it's a it's a big question, but with Showing what they've shown for now, I could see it being 300. I could maybe even see it being 250. But the stuff that we haven't seen, the possibility of that being a multi-touch capacitive touchscreen, uh, the possibility of cameras, front and back cameras for whatever they would need, at least a front one. Uh, There are are other things about that system that could be in there that would help to jack up that price. and, And I just... I think that's going to be a, a really important number for Nintendo uh-huh. that could either make or break this thing. Yeah. Like the, the Wii sold gangbusters one, because it was super uh, innovative and new and, and uh, intuitive and also because it was so cheap. Yep. And that was something. And it came with a perfect packet. Uh, well, absolutely. Sports, for sure. so. But the, the fact that, there were so many gamers out there, myself included, who who had an Xbox 360 and a Wii, or a PlayStation yep, 3 here. and a Wii. Like it was just, it was so easy to also get this other system because it didn't cost as much, and that's how you played your Nintendo games. And if Nintendo's making a play for some third parties, that's cool. But they're coming out so in the middle of this console cycle that. You know, people already kind of have their consoles for third parties. Like, like, I have a console that can play the new Skyrim. I have a console that can play NBA 2K. Those aren't games that I'm going to jump jump out of my chair to get on the Nintendo Switch. And that's worrisome because Nintendo has always had this kind of issue with third parties. Or they've had it since the GameCube era, at least. Uh, so, yeah, are people going to just have the Switch as their one console? Or is it going to be cheap enough where it can be their second console, like it was yeah. for the Wii? I mean, uh, I believe was it on uh, Epic went in on the record and say Unreal Engine Four will run on this. So and that's great, and uh, and Unity as well too. So yeah. I guess like they're trying to court both the third party and like indie developers. And I really think like they might hit it big with indie developers if it's as they claim easy to develop for I would, and easy I would to port so. over something that they've already made for like a. Uh, PC or Mac environment or a mobile device like iOS. And and here's a thought: like this, the 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 Vita is dying. Like it's as sad as it is. The Vita is is Vita Vita's been kind of dead for is, a while. You know, the Vita is dead or is dying or is on live support. However you want to say it. I still love my Vita. I still uh, there are games that came out uh, this year for Vita that I think are amazing. Um, even if they're games that came out other places and just now came to Vita. But the, the point is, the Vita is on a downward turn. And the Switch... But the, the reason people still make games for the Vita is because they like that they can see their games on a portable screen. They like that they can have their games with them. It's, it's really cool that... It's really cool for the developer to be able to play Luftrausers on, on a portable console. It's really cool for Hotline Miami to be on a portable console... And if Nintendo plays their cards right, if they're back to kind of being the only portable real system in town, like not not taking into account the iOS or Android markets, uh, this is 
this is a great place to just transfer those games or to uh, make further new games for that thing. Uh-huh. Axiom Verge just came out for or came out for the Wii U a little while ago. Like that's a game that should totally make sense on the Switch. Yeah, and going forward, all games in that same vein. Hell, uh, like Bloodstain makes a great example for the Switch. Original like Castlevania games on the DS and Game Boy Advance, those be perfect for the Switch. Like I I don't see this as like the going to be like a power like graphical powerhouse, but I do see this as something like this is how much, you know, uh, power we have to make a game. What can we do with this? And you know, that it's exciting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like I there's so many great games that came out that then got ported to Vita that seem like the Nintendo Switch could just be that next thing. Like you can you could easily see Binding of Isaac on that. You could easily see Risk of Rain on that. Like yep. those, those are just those not even those specific games, but those style of games. That like you mentioned Nidhogg. Like Nidhogg makes total sense for this. Mm-hmm. It, it makes more sense than it did on a Vita because the Switch has built-in multiplayer right there. Or even even fucking Dive Kick will probably come out. On Absolutely, this thing. Dive Kick would be an amazing. That would be a perfect video. Video ball could that. come out on this shit and just like play video ball with your friends just anywhere. Definitely, these, these are all really good options. IDAR would be a great thing mm-hmm. for this. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen because that's Microsoft published, but uh, it would work nonetheless. Um, we didn't even go over like do these uh, the Joy Cons have like any sort of like accelerometer or IR tracking uh, built into them as well? Like Nintendo's used so much like with accelerometers that we don't even think about it using it in the Wii U gamepad, but it's there. Like you can play Splatoon pretty well with just tilting the gamepad itself, yeah. and it doesn't use IR tracking or anything. So when I hear rumors like oh like the right stick will have an IR track, and that's how they keep Wii U or like original Wii games. Like, well, they can do that with just accelerometers and actually don't have to worry about extra things to, you know, plug in or anything like that. So, you know, maybe they add accelerometers to these things as well, too. But yeah, accelerometers. Will these things have rumble in them? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the, there's another rumor going around that the, uh, that the right Joy-Con will have an infrared uh, uh, pointer on it, so you'd be yeah. able to do Wii-like... Uh, movements with that, with that, if you needed to, uh, there's been rumors going around that maybe uh, people would make uh, or developers would make specific uh, Joy-Con attachments or Joy-Con replacements for for their own specific games. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a really great mock-up that somebody made that shows like the actual yokai watch spinner thing <laughs> yeah, that could attach on the right side <laughs> or, so you could actually or spin. the GameCube Wavebird uh, setup or Dude, that would be, like that would be so smart of Nintendo to say hey we're going to come out with Smash Brothers we know you GameCube people and when they say you GameCube people they're talking to me specifically <laughs> like this is Please. huh the go go gone gone. Well, yeah, it's like these. This is the way that I play Smash Brothers. I still, even yeah. on my Wii U, I use that attachment and I play with my GameCube controller because that's that's the way that Smash Brothers feels right to me. Uh, yeah. And I can play it on the gamepad, but it just doesn't feel as right as the GameCube controller. And if they made that attachment that puts those buttons in those right spots, like that's gonna feel right to me. That should totally I mean, be a thing they did. Also have a uh, like. The- Base station has two USB ports, so you could theoretically maybe put even your uh, 
the adapter for the Wii U for GameCube controllers into that thing too. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, just, who knows? Who knows? I just uh, I I really think this machine will also be great for JRPGs. Like oh yeah, you know, thinking of like games that are like hundreds of hours or you know, you know oh my god, playing yes. this at home or then taking it on the go when you have like a commuter or going to uh, on a plane or something like that. Yeah, just, yeah. I, that's my biggest problem with with some of these RPGs nowadays, where it's like, man, I would really like to play some of these games. Like I, I have a final fantasy seven on my PS4. I, I don't want to play that there because I know that I'm only going to play it when I'm attached to my TV and I've played through final fantasy seven, uh, or a good portion of it on my Vita, uh, because that's just a better way to play for, for or, or a more available way to play for me. But it would be nice sometimes when I feel the urge of, hey, I'm at home. It'd be nice to be able to like plug that right back into a big TV and, and play the big screen experience. That's what the Switch offers. And I've gotten a little bit out of that with the, the, uh, the PlayStation TV. Uh, I was able to play uh, the last, or the, I guess it was MLB 16, not 17. Uh-huh. Uh, I played MLB 16 that way, where I'd play a couple games on the PlayStation TV and then I could upload that stuff back to the cloud, and I could download it from the cloud back on my Vita, and I could keep playing that season. Uh, yep. But this way you don't have to download anything. Like, you're out, you don't have the internet for some reason, it's all on the same device. And that's a super attractive offer that Nintendo's putting out there. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to another big, uh, big question that we've kind of brought up a little bit before, and that's Pokemon. Uh, mm-hmm. So, the this, I guess the it may be a little melodramatic, but the scariest thing to me is that you've got the new Pokemon game, Sun and Moon, coming out in November, uh, less than a month away, and we have the Wii U or the we have sorry we have the Nintendo Switch coming out uh, next March. That's those are pretty close together. Um, we know that the Nintendo Switch will not have backwards compatibility with the 3DS. So what does what does that mean for these Pokemon games? Like clearly you can still have your 3DS and play it that way. If Nintendo is really pushing the Switch to be a home console first that can also do a little bit of portability, then it might make sense for them to keep that 3DS pillar going for a little while. Like it has such a great install base, why would you throw that away? Mm-hmm. But eventually you're you're going to have to move everything to this to the switch like that's the that's the promise of the switch is this kind of single console future for nintendo yeah and that's that's why i brought the bloomberg article that uh there's a q a they had with the president of nintendo uh tatsumi kichima uh he has this a very short quote because they asked him will you discontinue the 3ds and uh direct quote here he says thanks to our software the 3ds hardware is still growing so that business still has momentum. And certainly, rather than being cannibalized by the Switch, we think the 3DS can continue in its own form. Uh, very short, very direct, uh, to the point. Kind of just kind of like that same talk when the original DS came out, and right. we still had the GameCube and Game Boy Advance. Uh, and it, it became like this, you know, three-tiered, like, you know, one would be the third pillar. Well, that's what they uh, said, anyway. Yep, and then kind of very slowly, the Game Boy Advance uh, like had some 
nice games like at the la- like you know later end of its life still while they the DS was around and you could play Game Boy Advance games on your original DS. But yeah, it kind of just went away. Like the Game Boy brand kind of just ended at that point, and DS just flourished. It kind of just exploded. Mm-hmm. I so can, I can see that being the same for here. Yeah, yeah, I, it, and it's that's kind of sad to me because I, I don't know. It always like seen. I've always seen Nintendo as having a handheld and a home console. And sometimes they do cool things with that, like they'll bring them together like they tried with the GameCube and Game Boy Advance, and you'll get like a Final Fantasy Crystal Bears or Zelda Four Swords and something that'll like try that, like something unique, or like the Pac-Man game that they had with it too. Yep. But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, at one, at one hand, I'm like kind of sad that's going away, uh, having like very different experiences on two different uh, systems. And now everything is just going to be the same kind of experience on one system, but you can play it wherever you want to go. Uh, but I don't think, you know, if this is done right, I don't think we're going to see a disappearance of, like, those kind of uh, types of games. Like, Box Box Boy will probably be playable on this thing. Or uh, the next Fire Emblem will pretty much be exactly like Fire Emblem. Yeah. Uh, but I can now play it on my TV. I don't have to be like, Oh, like I got the the GameCube or the Wii version of Fire Emblem, but you know I'm locked to the TV. I don't really want to be locked to the TV for that kind of game, right? Uh, or something like Advance Wars or a Final Fantasy Tactics game. Uh, so you know I can bring these on the go and play them elsewhere when I'm like on a like long flight or something like that. So it's like uh, that that to me is very very enticing. Definitely, I. I uh... And the, the Pokemon thing specifically is, mm-hmm. is really just because they're in such close proximity. Like yeah. it, it makes me wonder if Nintendo would put out an updated version of Sun and Moon uh, that would control maybe a little bit differently because you wouldn't have the second screen if maybe they would make a version of that for the Switch or, or make, um, like you have, like the way they would do their third version of a Pokemon, which they haven't done uh, for a little while. Uh, but if they would put out their third version, I, what the hell would you even call it? Sun, moon, uh, earth? Uh, <laughs> Pokemon Earth? Is that a thing? Uh, yeah, or, uh, I don't know, satellite? Oh, who knows? Yeah. Galaxy? Uh, Here so, we go. Pokemon yeah, sure. Galaxy. Calling so, it now. Pokemon so Galaxy. Would would that third game be something that could show up on a, on a Nintendo Switch? Uh, could be. Could be for sure. I mean, or would they? They win? got Pokemon Bank, so you can easily upload any of your Pokemon from a previous generation and play it on the Switch. Yeah, so that that doesn't worry me for down the line because I know they've they've put in the technology here that I my Pokemon can be in the cloud, and if they make a Pokemon game for the Switch in the future, sure, absolutely, those Pokemon will be able to transfer right over. I'm not worried about that at all, but I'm I guess I'm just worried how Nintendo uh, reacts with the big push they've gotten for Sun and Moon. They've been pre-ordered uh, in record numbers at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, so it's not something that's going to go away. And I don't think they want to abandon that 3DS business from from the quote that you've read from Bloomberg. But at the same time, the Nintendo Switch is this thing that is supposed to be able to do both. And yeah. you eventually want to get to a point where that's your only thing, because that's the, that's the really sexy thing about this console, is, man, remember having to buy two Nintendo consoles so you could play all of their great games? Well, now all you have to do is buy one, and that's the one that matters. 
Um, so that's that's the future I want to get to, but I worry how it cannibalizes what they're currently doing. Well, we'll never get like a Metroid Prime and a Metroid Fusion released on the same day. That'll <laughs> never happen again, unfortunately. Right. Sure. Uh, so, like, you know, you'll never see like, uh, for example, like uh, Legend of Zelda: uh, Link Between Worlds. Yep. They will most definitely do another top-down Zelda game uh, in the same style. See, as, that's, like, that's my that other game. question. Is is we we have developers who are so ingrained right now of doing console games and doing portable games, and those are separate things. And now that you have a console that can do both, I I hope that having a homogenous console doesn't mean you're going to have homogenous games. No, I don't. I don't think that will. It might happen, but I don't see that kind of like. It's like the same way, like when the PlayStation first came out. Like nobody wants to play 2D games anymore. And then a couple of years later, it's like, oh well, you know, 2D games are all the rage now. Yeah. Uh, and still, like, there's a viable market for like 2D fighting games, and you know, there will always be like some sort of. Uh, Kind of like I guess nostalgia for that kind of game, uh, and like just because you have more raw power to make a 3D Zelda on the go with like Breath of the Wild, I don't see them like giving up on what they learned as like doing a 2D game and like refocusing and going like oh we could also do this as like a 2D game that we couldn't do before uh, in that kind of style just because they have more horsepower and stuff like that so. Uh, for other developers, like third-party developers, I don't know because they like Nintendo. Usually, with its hardware, goes its own way, and third-party will sometimes like, oh, we can do something cool uh, here or there. But most of the times, like if we can port this over, do it, uh, sell a few copies. Otherwise, we'll just pull the plug. See that that's interesting because I feel the exact opposite way. I, mm. I I'm not worried about the third parties at all because I feel like those those places are going to have their set budgets of, well, we really only have enough money to make this handheld style game, but we know it works on the Switch, so it can go there. Or yeah. we've got this big budget, and it can also work on the Switch uh, because we because that the Switch has that capability. Like though, I'm kind of not worried about the third parties, especially when you think about indie developers uh, who make games mm-hmm. that, that seem to work on both styles of system. Uh, but I'm... I guess I'm more worried about the first party stuff only in kind of an opportunity cost way of if Nintendo's putting resources into the next big Zelda Breath of the Wild, do they have as much incentive to make a Link Between Worlds style game? And I'm sure I'm overreacting. I'm sure that you know Nintendo's going to put out multiple games, but could they... I could see them putting out fewer games because they wouldn't have to make kind of a version for each or, or a style of game for each. Uh, this is a bad example, but it's the only one I can really think of right now. Like we had the Kirby game for the Wii that mm-hmm. was, uh, uh, oh God, I forgot what it is. Kirby's nightmare. Yeah. Kirby's, yeah. Kirby's return to dreamland. And then, uh, we had, yeah, something like that, yeah. and then we had the one for the three DS Kirby, uh, Kirby's triple deluxe. Yep. And those games are pretty damn similar. Uh, so that's why it's a bad example, because they are essentially the same game. But I could see Nintendo not making 
two of those kinds of Kirby games around the same time for a Nintendo Switch, they're just going to make one. Yep. So we lose out on the possibility of a Kirby game that would have done something different on a handheld console because they're just going to make the single one for the Switch. Yeah, uh, and I I think part of the reason is Nintendo realizes it can't just go alone when doing, uh, like, a home console. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need some sort of, like, third-party or an indie-developed, like, base to get more, like, software on these systems. Definitely. And while they have success with the 3DS, they can put, like, a lot of software on there. You can just go to the eShop, and you see there's plenty of shovelware out there, too, but yeah. nothing for the Wii U. It just, you know, it it makes sense that they're doing this. Oh, absolutely. And I applaud them for doing this. This is what I've wanted them to do. Um <laughs> But it's it still makes me have those questions. Actually, you know what a better example is is the one you brought up before of Metroid. Yeah. Of well, Nintendo's not going to be making another Metroid anytime soon. But ah, we never know. Uh, we never know. We'll wait till January. I don't know, but I also feel like come on, it's like the last yeah. one they put out was one not really a Metroid game, and two not really that good. Uh, so it's hard to. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to justify them making another one like that. But as you said, we're we're it's super doubtful that we're going to see a Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion on the same day situation no. again. And if Nintendo is going to greenlight one Metroid game, they're going to greenlight the one that's more like Metroid Prime and not the one that's more like Metroid Fusion. Uh, so, see, I think they might they would might greenlight one that's more like Metroid Fusion because they haven't done that kind of style of game in a long time. But my argument would be they're not going to do that because they haven't done that style of game in a long time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point too. Yeah, uh, they're not the ones that. Uh, yeah, that Retro is the one that usually does the first person one. So I, yeah, it's. It's hard, it's hard to say. Right. Else? Exactly. It's hard to say. There are a lot of questions. We won't know. I mean, Intelligence System hasn't done an Advance Wars game in a while, but God, you're they, so they right. make one. <sighs> well, right now we know that those guys have to be working on the iOS uh, Fire Emblem game. And whether that's yeah. something that is, is smaller, or if that's something that uh, can port to uh, Switch eventually, or if that's just kind of a side thing and we're going to get another mainline fire emblem or another advanced wars or who knows because intelligent system makes makes tons of different games uh, what we'll see from them on the switch but we won't know any of that information until uh until january which is when we're going to hear more uh from nintendo itself on what it has to say about its system and its features yep so i feel like that kind of covered uh pretty much everything yeah Can yeah think of anything else pretty much everything there's like I said, the more that we know about this thing, the more we don't know about this right. thing. I, I very much want to hold one of these in my hands. I want to know how it feels. Uh, and there, I want to know what games are on that thing. Like I, yep. oh, that's, that's the biggest thing. I, I cannot wait to see that launch lineup and to see how different those games are. Because if they are all console-style games, I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, because I want to see, like we talked about before, I want to see kind of some different styles of games. I want to see that kind of top-down style Zelda-ish game. I want to see something that could would really only be made for a handheld, and I want to see that be among the launch lineup 
of the big Zeldas and things like that. Because as cool, I think Breath of the Wild looks awesome. I'm I'm going to buy Breath of the Wild. I'm not the biggest Zelda fan in the world, but that's that game looks cool. I know that's everything I wanted for a, a Zelda game. But I don't know if it's everything that I want out of a portable Zelda game. Like I don't think Skyrim is necessarily a game that I want to play on the go. Like thinking mm-hmm. thinking about about all of these games that I've talked about on this show in the past. There's something great about a handheld system that allows you this more bite-sized experience. Mm-hmm. And when you put huge console quality games on a portable system, they just kind of don't, they don't feel like they fit. And, and knowing that the switch has the flexibility to do both, it's, it seems like it's fine. Like I, I imagine that I'm going to play breath of the wild attached to my TV a lot more than I take it with me. And that's really just because the kinds of games I want to play on the go are not giant open worlds like that. Yeah. Um, But if the Nintendo Switch has both, if it can play that and then also has threes, like the app for threes, (laughs) hell yeah. Like if that's something I can totally play on a bus or in a car that's or even on an airplane like i don't know if i'm going to want to play breath of the wild on an airplane but like i'll totally want to play like a game or two of threes while listening to some music or something that that seems like a great experience and to be able to have all of those things on a single system sounds like a dream and i just hope that that dream kind of becomes reality i agree i'm just I would love to play Zelda Breath of the Wild. Like, oh man, I really want to get through this dungeon, but I'm supposed to like be on a flight in like five hours. Oh yeah, I can take this with me, play it on the plane, and then play it in my hotel room as well too. Yeah, uh, when I'm having downtime. The the hotel room thing is is a lot more exciting to me, and and I know that I'm going to have to bring my dock with me and maybe a pro controller, and that's stuff that I totally don't mind throwing into a bag. Actually, I hope that they sell multiple i hope they sell docks separately it would be perfect for me to be able to have a dock in my living room and a dock in my bedroom Mm. and hell even a dock that i just keep in a bag that when i when i go somewhere i just have a dock with me Um, so i can plug stuff into tvs at at hotels or things like that that makes or go to a friend's place and, and be able to hook it up to a television there like that sounds like it would make sense um, but I also could see Nintendo not selling those things separately, kind of like a, the way they didn't sell Wii U gamepad separately because we never yeah. got um, we never got multiplayer games that used multiple gamepads. Mm-hmm. I'm also wondering if they go like a smartphone or a tablet route with this and like update like the switch stays the switch over this like lifetime of its whatever the console cycle will be, but they'll update it. Maybe every like three years. Oh, this one has a faster processor in it, and more memory, and also a better, more uh, you know, high fidelity screen than the last model. That's but it will play all your original Switch games. Yeah, I that's a really uh, and going good question. forward, it will have like, oh, this is for the new Switch games. But it, it, you know, who knows? That, who knows? And that's gonna that's really going to depend on a ton of factors. One of how much does the Switch actually sell itself? Two, how does the PS4 Pro and the Scorpio sell? Like if yep. if we get to a point where uh, or Microsoft and Sony are doing this, hey, we have this one console and it just kind of gets updated, 
and if they go to the kind of that Apple marketplace and it's working for everybody, I could see Nintendo doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could also see Nintendo uh, you know, trying something completely crazy and new again because they're Nintendo and this is what they Yep, do. maybe they'll be like, we're bringing the Game Boy back. Sure. <laughs> like, who knows? Know. Who knows? Uh, yeah, so fun times. Uh, I, I think one of the coolest things about the Switch for me is that it's so innovative in its gimmick of bringing portable games and console games together that the games themselves that they've shown seem really traditional. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, that Mario game didn't have any waggle in it. Uh, there was no accelerometer. You, you didn't throw your uh, Joy-Con into a... Uh, into a Mario Kart wheel thing to be able to play Mario <laughs> Kart on it. Like it, it seems like, hey, these are just the straight games that you you know and love. We're not throwing dual screen stuff into it. We're not throwing motion controls into it. It's just like these are just games, and Nintendo or can are they? focus we on don't making. Know yet. I know, I know, but for now, they're just games, and that's exciting to me because Nintendo makes really good games. When when they can just kind of focus in on those things, yeah. so that's exciting. Uh, anyway, so enough enough Nintendo Switch talk. We'll uh, we'll hear more about that in, in January, and maybe talk more about it uh, sometime then. But uh, Matt, before I let you go, uh, anything yeah. that you're playing um, recently that you want to talk about? Uh, well, not a lot of uh, handheld stuff. Like still playing Fire Emblem Fates. I've still trudging along on birthright that i really i've i've got all the kids so now i just got to get to the end nice uh and then start conquest which i am really excited to try conquest now yeah. that i've conquest, kind of wore this game out conquest is a lot harder um and and i didn't have any problem knocking the difficulty down when i played conquest because i was really just trying to kind of get through it and mm-hmm. conquest being a lot more like a traditional fire emblem game uh, that is linear and, and doesn't allow you to uh, to do the side mission stuff like Birthright does. Uh, you kind of have to pick your spots a little bit more uh, when it comes to the supports and mm. the marriages and the kids because you have a limited amount of, of missions to play through, so you kind of need to spread out the experience and the support uh, conversations uh, a little evenly, so you make sure you still get everyone in your party. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I might, I might be playing that one on normal for my first playthrough. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I've been mostly also been playing PS4 stuff uh, uh, right now. I've been going back to Shadow of Mordor because I played it on the Xbox but never finished it. I was like, mm, I kind of, kind of really dug that game, and I've been itching to play, uh, play it again. Nice. Uh, I got it cheap, so you know, like you know, seventeen bucks can't go wrong. Yeah. That's what uh, yeah, kind of, and yeah, uh, what else? Uh, Until Dawn, I'm going to beat that soon, and I uh, probably will play that again at some point, because I've already killed too many people in that. <laughs> uh, but that, that I, man, I really enjoy that game as some sort of like weird kind of, almost like, it's kind of like an adventure game, but not not that uh, obtuse. It's pretty much straightforward, so it, it, an interactive horror game, pretty much. Uh <laughs> Kind of like it's that time of year to play a horror game. Oh, and sure. I need to beat that. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of about it. Uh, mostly been watching uh, spooky movies 
uh, for Halloween. I watched Phantasm last night for the first time, and my God, that is that is a trip. <laughs> Scary trip or just weird, crazy stuff? Both. Very okay. Yeah, it's a product of the 70s. Uh, I went and saw also recently a midnight showing at uh, it's called the Coolidge Theater in Brookline, Mass. They did a like a midnight grindhouse showing of I Drink Your Blood, which was amazing. Mm. Uh, and I, uh, you can check me out on the Abstract Japan podcast where I talk about Shin Godzilla. Uh, I saw that in the theaters yeah. recently. Uh, I really want movie to by. That. Yeah, oh, it's good. It's really, really good. Uh, like at first, I like I, I've seen some of the the marketing materials and stuff like that, and and the first thing that comes to mind is why is this tail so goddamn long? That doesn't. <laughs> it looks so weird. Uh, it's I, a, I had a friend who watched it and said it was really, really good. And hearing you say it's also really good has convinced me that I must see that. It's it's different. And I do. I also watched the original Godzilla, the 1954 version, before I went and saw it for oh, the wow. first time. And I highly recommend, you know, just spend like four bucks and get it on Amazon video and watch that. And then, you know, watch the Shin Godzilla after that, because it is a so much like that. Uh, original movie but if it was done like if godzilla came today like present day yeah and it's also <laughs> i had to go back and i'm uh, now on a neon genesis evangelion kick because it is by the director of that uh, anime se- series nice. so and it's so much like that show too in so much they also use the uh some of the soundtrack in the movie oh really uh, yes huh. uh 100% i had to go back and uh, pull a few episodes because there are just a lot of scenes like people talking around conference tables and planning and uh it is very fast and rapid and it is pretty much like uh like gendo akari and the rest of the team planning out a strategy with misato and dr kowatsky and i'm just like man this is like an evangelion but with godzilla uh (laughs) but versus humans and not like a giant robot it's just straight up just godzilla so it's yeah i really enjoyed it do you do you have a favorite godzilla Ah, uh, man. I know, that's a tough question and kind of came out like, of the blue. Yeah, I mean, Mothra, I really, really, really like, but mm-hmm. I need to see more of the Godzilla versus Monster. Right. Because uh, I've seen that, uh, Mothra, Shin Godzilla, Godzilla 2014, Godzilla 1998, <laughs> and the original Godzilla, but I haven't seen, like, Mecha Godzilla or some of the other ones that are, you know, Godzilla versus the new monster. Right. Uh, but... Now I'm, you know, very much want to uh, get into those. Uh, I was I was definitely so. on a Godzilla uh, kick uh, a while ago and tried to like find some big box set of it, and it just was a little mm-hmm. too expensive for me at the time. But uh, I I know I've seen a lot of those movies in the past, and I've just forgotten most of them. Uh, the one I remember owning and watching a lot, and I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite Godzilla because it's not. I don't know if it's great, <laughs> but it's uh, Godzilla versus Biollante, uh, mm. and I, for some reason, I really like that one. I actually had a Biollante figure uh, as well that is that makes sounds, and it's, it's kind of awesome. I need to find that and get that and display it in my apartment. I think it's back in my childhood home. Yeah, uh, it's making me also want to go see another Kaiju Big Battle really, really bad. Oh, yeah. God, that was so much fun when we got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cool. Nice. Um, as, as for me, I did mention that I was playing a little bit of Destiny, or a lot of bit of Destiny. I should mm-hmm. really slow down on that. Um, but I've also been playing a lot of games to potentially talk about for Game of the Year, just trying to figure out, trying to get kind of my, my uh, 
my list set. Um, I'm really excited about some of the stuff we're doing for Game of the Year. Uh, I know that I have you coming on to talk about the best 3DS games of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to have a separate podcast that will be for the Vita and iOS together. Um, and uh, I will have, uh, I think, a different guest for, for that episode. Uh, you're welcome to come on as well. I just know that you are, are not uh, a Vita owner. Uh, and that makes it kind of hard to talk about Vita games. <laughs> yeah, and I've mostly just played a little bit of Pokemon Go as far as iOS games go this year. Yeah, that'll be a real interesting conversation of where mm. Pokemon Go fits into that kind of conversation. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've been playing a lot of new games, um, and some of those I'll just kind of name them off pretty quickly here. I've been playing Axiom Verge uh, on the Vita because uh, that game came to Vita this year. I've been playing Dragon Quest Builders, uh, that is is pretty fun with some flaws, but it is pretty darn fun. Um, we talked about Fire Emblem. I'm playing Revelation, uh, the third chapter, and liking it a lot. Um, I played a tiny bit of really bad chess on iOS, and that game is is a is a cool gimmick. I, I like the gimmick out of it. I'm not really good at virtual chess. I'm better at chess when I can play against a, a human being, but uh, it's a really cool concept that's, that's executed quite well. Um, and then a game that, Matt, I would very much suggest you look into. Uh, do you have an iOS or Android device? I have an iOS device, and I'm looking up Really Bad Chess right now, actually. <laughs> really Bad Chess is, is pretty cool, and it's free. Uh, no, this next game that. is not free, but you absolutely must buy it because you will absolutely love it. It is called Warbits, all one word, W-A-R-B-I-T-S, and it is Advance Wars. Is it? And that's it. Like, it's, I, on one hand, it's a total ripoff of Advance Wars, and on the other hand, it is such a perfect homage to Advance Wars that calling it a ripoff feels like, uh, feels like I'm not doing it justice because it is such a well done, basically port of Advance Wars with oh, different. Man, this looks exactly like Advance Wars. Yeah, like it has it has different a different graphical style. Uh, the writing in it is kind of funny and a little different. Um, it doesn't have the CO powers that I've seen. Like you can't choose um, a commanding officer like you could in Advance Wars, but everything else is pretty much the same. All of the units are the exact same. Uh, It still has factories and cities and the different types of terrain, and they're all done the exact same way. It is totally Advance Wars, and it's amazing. And it's it's what I've wanted. (laughs) It's it's an Advance Wars that I can easily take with me without having to uh, have my... Uh, DS or my 3DS with me with a copy of Dual Strike in it. Like this is, yeah, I like this a lot. It's it's light uh, and it, I mean it, it goes on an iPhone and that's that's where I'd want it to be. Um, like I, I wanted I want a sequel to Advance Wars. We talked about it here, uh, <laughs> yep. but in lieu of that, this is a really nice uh, Advance Wars style game that I can totally play anywhere without somebody looking and going hey you're playing you're playing games on your on your game boy thing over there and like well no i'm actually just on a phone and everyone plays games on their phone so no uh 
no judgment here, but I'm also getting a totally great Advance Wars experience. Ah, uh, screw other people's judgment. Well, true. But you know what you're going to get for the Switch? Battalion Wars. I... <laughs> oh, oh, man, hurt me. Calling it now. Hurt we'll me. get our we'll get our Advance Wars sequel, but it'll be Battalion Wars three. You know what? I'll take a Battalion Wars if I can also get a Golden Sun. A Golden okay, Sun that fair. I can put onto my television sounds awesome. <sighs> I just I just want the next Xenoblade Chronicles, and then I, that I can play on the big screen and take with me. That would be those great. Games are massive. Um, yeah, I mean, we had Xenoblade Chronicles uh, come out for the Wii or for the Wii and for the 3DS. Like it makes perfect sense that you'd have another game like that that just works on both of those easily. So really exciting stuff. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been playing lately. Uh, still trying to get a few other games played before uh, we get to our game of the year stuff. I know I still really want to play uh, Volume from Mike Bithell, the creator of um, the. Oh God, I want. It's not the Stanley Parable. It's, um, oh my God, why did I forget this name? It's <laughs> the her story? You, no, it's the one you where no. you play as a cube, like a little a little box, and you, um, and you meet other like, little geometric shapes. It's kind of a platformer that tells a story. Oh my God, I'm going to look this up real quick. <laughs> it's so well, sad. I'm, I'm trying to pick up, uh, I'll probably pick up Azure Striker Grumble 2 and Box Box Boy, games I have missed out on, but uh, now that I have some free time and a little extra cash, those are probably like the small bits that I will get to and probably talk more about on Game of the Year. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Box Box Boy is, is one that I'll have things to talk about for sure. Mm. Uh, the, the game was Thomas Was Alone. Ah, uh, yes, yes. yes. So Thomas was that one. also a really good game, but his next game, Volume, is uh, supposedly a lot like the VR missions of Metal Gear. Uh, and so that, that seems pretty neat, and I would like to try it out. I have it for, for my Vita and just need to play it. So uh, lots of good stuff. Matt, I will definitely be talking to you real soon. Um, and for listeners... There, there's a good chance I'll have at least one more Gamers on the Go episode out before Game of the Year stuff happens. Um, it depends on if uh, my guest can finish the uh, the game that we are going to talk about. I, I have it finished, and I've written all my notes, and I'm ready to go. So I'm uh, just kind of waiting on, on him to, uh, to finish up, and then we'll have that episode as well. But until what, then... What JRPG is it? <laughs> uh, so... It's, it, I mean, I'll just say it. Like it's it's Mario Tennis for the Game Boy. Oh, Game. okay. So it's kind of an RPG, and it is yeah. Japanese. I have a hard time saying that's a Japanese RPG though, <laughs> <laughs> um, since it's really just a sports game that has some some experience in it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about that game uh, quite a bit. Uh, so once my guest finishes it, uh, we will jump on and, and have another episode. So, Matt, I want to thank you for coming on. I know you mentioned the Abstract Japan podcast, uh, but would you like to say uh, anywhere else that people can find you on the Internet and, and hear your opinions and thoughts and, and all that good stuff? Well, you won't be able to find me on Vine anymore, but yeah. you can find me on Twitter, uh, Jiggysan, G-I-G-G-Y-S-A-N, if you want to hear my opinions, I don't know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> 
Well, nice. Awesome. Uh, and <laughs> as for Gamers on the Go, GamersOnTheGo.com is the place you need to go to uh, to catch all the new episodes uh, the, as they come up. Uh, we're also on iTunes. You can search Gamers on the Go. Uh, another cool thing that I'm putting together for Game of the Year stuff, I'm getting a, a good portion of my guests back to make top five lists, uh, top five games of 2016 Tough of handheld games, rather, of 2016. Um, I, I assume that Mr. Matt will will make another list like he has the past few years. Uh, but I'm also getting a number of uh, other former guests of the show uh, to give their own lists. Uh, and I will be posting those uh, around the same time that the Game of the Year show is actually posted. And then I will be making a top 10 list for myself uh, because I'm the host of this show, damn it, and I get an extra <laughs> five games and I feel like I play more handheld games than the, than the lot of you, so um, I, I'm i going to take that extra liberty. <laughs> you certainly have. I can say that that much. But yes, I will have something for you uh, written as Fantastic. well as a uh, guest as on your game of the year. Yeah, there are some uh, there are some people that I'm getting back that I'm surprised said yes. Um, awesome. I'm, I'm not going to say who uh, on uh, on the uh, the recording here, but uh, some some pretty cool ones, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what those people write, and uh, and yeah, I'll definitely announce all that stuff when when they go up. But, Matt, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm looking forward to having you on again relatively soon. And uh, for the rest of you out there, thanks for listening, and I'll be back. Hey,